you have to have like such a solid foundation in your life that helps you like ground yourself so that the outside noise, like imagine like, you know, the backlash I got when I did that thing at the tennis back then, I wouldn't do it again now, but back in that time where that was my content, dude, I had to like, like I was getting like death threats. Jamie, if you go to any high school right now and if you ask 100 kids what do you want to do when you grow up or what do you want to do when you finish your school, a lot of those young kids will be looking up to people like yourself today. You right now have over 11 million followers across all of your social media. So I won't call you influence, I'll call you a business individual who's a great marketer who understands what people want and you deliver them goods all the time. you the guy we just discussed before who made sex noise in the middle of the tennis game. Oh, yeah. Who was playing, by the way? On television. On television. <laughs> On television. Uh, back in uh, 2017 or 2018, uh, Nick Kyrgios was playing someone. There you go. And you were all over the media. Yes, I was. So you know how to take advantage of what's around you in a good way. You stand out. And then I have my co-host, great friend of mine, Dane. And this beautiful studio is, um, is Dane's studio as well. Um, so thank you for using us, letting us use it. And um, uh, so We're welcome, friends. man. Welcome, mom. It's, it's great to see you um, uh, uh, being here with us. So tell us, who is Jamie? Besides entertaining us all the time on social media? Good question. Good question. Um, so I think I could break myself down into sort of like two ailments, um, my old self and my new self. But the foundational principles um, are still there in both you know, um, stages of my life. So, I mean, in summary, I'm Jamie. I'm a content creator from Sydney. Just turned 30, actually. Hard to believe you didn't believe me when I yeah. told you. I, I said, 20, I said 23. 24. 23, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I'm go. offended that he's 30. Because <laughs> I'm 33 and I look 40. <laughs> you, you look 100 years old compared to him. Yeah. Let's just get I got that gray clear. hair and everything, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, the Asian I'm, genetics. I'm, I'm 44 and I look like his freaking grandfather. <laughs> he's got that Asian I persuasion. for a sec, yeah. Yeah, it's because I'm Asian. There you go. I take care of myself as well. But um, yeah. to answer your question, man, you know, I've been doing content for about 10 years. So I started... Uh, very early on in Australia, especially when uh, the social media space wasn't even a thing. Um, I was probably one of like maybe 10 back then in 2014 where I started. And yeah, I was on YouTube, then I transitioned to Facebook, then Instagram, TikTok. And um, yeah, I'm kind of to the point now where fortunately, you know, um, I've been able to accumulate around 11 million followers on all platforms. Um, I started off by doing purely prank videos because um, I really enjoyed them back then. Um, this is when pranks were real as well, for the most part. So, um, by the I, way, this is a prank. This is not going to be. <laughs> this is not going to be aired anywhere. Like, I'm already on edge. I'm like, what's going to happen? We, we are just pretending that this is going to go somewhere. This is just for three of us here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's going on OnlyFans actually. Just to make it, just to make a distinction, man. Like 11 years of content creation. That is that is hardcore. You know, a lot of people struggle to even get a piece of content out a week, but to do that consistently for a decade. That's a lot of work. And it's not Thank just you. it's not just creating content. Yeah. Um, what I'm really impressed because, you know, people that just get on social media, they want to become content creators. Um, they don't have the discipline to be there for 11 years because a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm, my social media is not as big as yours whatsoever, but a lot of people ask me, you know, how can I have so many followers in two weeks? You know, how can I become known in two weeks? You know, and I said, you have to be prepared to spend a lot of time doing it mm. because you didn't have 11 million followers first day no, or no. first two weeks or first four weeks. Everything takes time, which means even if you want to be in your industry, you still got to be committed. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think to give some context, like when I first started social media and I was in, I mean, there were, it was a blessing and a curse, mostly a blessing I would say when I started because I started very early on. However, for me to actually obtain any significant number of followers back then was so difficult because social media like wasn't really a thing. Yes. Like video content wasn't really a thing. This was like just coming out of, you know, where uh, Instagram was founded in what, 2012. 
So when I started in 2014, everything was just so new. Facebook uh, didn't even have videos. YouTube, you still like, they still had like Times Times New Roman font, you know, like it was so early. So it took me um, a solid two years from when I started uh, from 2014 to 2016 to get 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. Mm. So like the numbers that you see today have been like 10 or so years of just like relentless work, consistency, discipline. But the key thing as well is knowing when to pivot at the right time. Because, and I'm sure you guys have a few questions um, on this podcast, but the key reason as to why I have lasted so long is because of the fact of many, I, I would boil it down to like two key attributes. The first one is pivoting at the right time. So you always get to a point in your content creation journey where, and this is the same for like just the entertainment industry as a whole or even the business landscape. If you do something repetitively for so long, people get bored. And you need to know when to turn the notch and switch it up. So I've had to do that like many times. Like, as I said, I started with pranks and now I'm into the sort of wealth, entrepreneurship, um, personal development space, as you guys know about. Even like what you're doing is similar to now what I'm doing. And so pivoting is the first thing. But the second thing is like humbling yourself and not allowing your ego to take over to the point where, oh, you know, and this is what happened to me. I was used to, for many, many years, like from probably 2016 to 2020, absolutely mobbed on the street when I would go out. I was literally like, you know, what you would call someone like famous. And I was living that lifestyle where just everyone knew me. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. It was like to the point where I couldn't go anywhere. And it was, you know, I was very um, grateful for it. And I used it in the best way I could. But then when things started dropping off and I didn't get as many people wanting photos every day. I didn't get as many people like coming up to me. That's the key moment where you have to check yourself and be like, am I doing this purely for fame and materialistic reasonings? Or am I doing this for like a greater good? So I was so lucky because I was able to like reframe my mind when this happened because the lifespan of a social media influencer creator, whatever you want to call it, is very up and down. You're never going to be relevant 100% of the time. But the key component is how you bounce back and how you get rid of the lights, camera action, all the show stuff and you separate yourself from it and you say to yourself like, this is my business, my passion and whatever comes with it, money, fame, whatever it is, that's secondary to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I think I've been able to like last so long. Interesting. I always say um, it's important to know the reasons why we are doing what we do and it's important to do it for the right reasons. Um, I never did anything for the money. I always wanted to become so good at things that I'm so passionate about, money, fame, whatever you want to call it, for you or for me, or Dane, it's irrelevant. It will come. But the, the trick is um, uh, not letting ego get on your way either. And um, because ego is what destroys businesses in general because people are doing stuff that to make themselves feel good instead of, you know, to, to make others more than themselves. One thing that is interesting that you said um, uh, about making changes on your journey, I always say no business is safe. My job is not safe. Your job is not safe. We have to keep adapting to the times that are in front of us, which means you have to almost be like a river from the mountain, you know, you have to find your way to the bottom, you know, constantly keep changing, keep adding. And you obviously have to follow your, you know, listen to your audience as well. How do you um, last that long without giving up? Because I'm sure yourself and all of our humans, sometimes you might get tired or, or hit the roadblock or, or whatever it is, but you still keep pushing through and you're here today. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, generally speaking, the average lifespan of a social media influencer or creator is like max two years because what comes with it is so much more than just making videos and, and, and money and, and all this stuff and creating a business. It, it also directly relates to your personal self-worth that you see yourself because when you're posting content online, the viewers are a mirror of the quality and the output that you're producing, not just like the quality of video and resolution and storytelling, but also you as a human being. So like what happens is you have to have like such a solid foundation in your life that helps you like ground yourself so that the outside noise, like imagine like, you know, the backlash I got when I did that thing at the tennis 
back then. I wouldn't do it again now, but back in that time where that was my content, dude, I had to like, like I was getting like death threats and like I was getting weird, weird phone I, I'm calls. actually, I'm actually curious. What kind of fucking sex noise did you make <laughs> that, that, that the people offended that much? You, I was, you know, me and you maybe need to do this on our social to see if this still works. <laughs> yeah. you, you will see two guys in the next tennis match, Australian Open, Ben and I, making yeah. sex noises, yeah. man. I I've actually had a lot of people be like, oh, that was easy. I'll do it. I'll do it the next one. But like, I don't, look, I genuinely don't know how I did that. It took balls. I'm not going to lie. And I wasn't drunk either. I was, I was sober. Um, but yeah, I guess to answer your question, like, it's really you just have to like trust that you're doing this for the right reasons. And I think as well, it kind of goes back to um, the responsibility you, you have for yourself, for your family as well, because I, I really did sort of like in those early stages in the first couple of years, like rise very quickly. And to the point where I was like, I need to keep going because the influence that I can have over the people for a good reason, is going to be like paramount to but you, my so purpose. You already did it for the good reasons by thinking like that. Correct, yeah. So a lot of people go into it just wanting money and fame mm. and they're going to burn out very fast because there's no like substantial, as I said, foundation. There's no greater good. There's no greater purpose. So I think it's, it's I guess, fundamentally, it's mainly just like knowing that you're doing this for um, reasons of value. And then, and then secondly, just like not getting too caught up in like, the outside noise, just focusing on what you have to do and um, just having that discipline to just keep going. Did you find that when you were starting at the beginning, did you come in with a monetization idea or did you just start making content for the for the love of it? I didn't. So like um, I was actually trying to be a pro soccer player for like nine years of my life um, in high school. And I'll I, be talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Actually, soccer. Are you, are you Croatian? I'm Croatian, Sorry, man. Sorry, I hate to say this, but I went to Serbia for trials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't make it professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually lived there for a month as well. Just kidding, just yeah. kidding. But yeah, That's I, awesome. I was, yeah, so like during my youth, I was playing at like a very high level in Sydney in New South Wales. And then I moved over to um, the UK for a year. Oh, awesome. Uh, back in 2013. And uh, yeah, I was trying my luck over there. And then it just didn't work out. And I just realized that like there was something better for me. And then it was weird because like, you know when like people procrastinate, like you go on TikTok, like, mm. you know, yes, yes. Um, back then there was no TikTok, there was just YouTube. So I was like, oh, what do I do in my life? I don't want to go back to uni and just do like the normal thing. I knew that my life had, you know, a greater purpose than that. And I was just on YouTube, just like scrolling, like just wasting time for the purpose of wasting time because I was lost. And then I just saw like all these hilarious videos of these guys in Australia just doing the most outrageous pranks. Mm. It was so weird, man. It was like something just clicked in me and... I just knew I had to do this. Like there was just absolute, it was like a spiritual occurrence. I just knew this was what I had to do. And so I literally, I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was like, you can probably get a career out of YouTube. And this was back in like the Janoskian days. Yeah, it was very, er, there were a few people making money on YouTube, but early yeah. days, like there wasn't really even thumbnails. You had to, like, nah. you couldn't yeah, upload sure, a thumbnail. Sure. You had to like edit it into your video and stuff. So like you were inspired by seeing, what was it, prank content? Like who inspired yeah. you? Yeah, so Janoskians for sure. Yeah, um, yes. there was a guy called Adrian Van Oyen. He's actually from Brisbane. Yeah. Um, there was some guy. There was a guy called That's So Nathan. They were mainly from Queensland actually, and then Janoskians were from Melbourne. But dude, like, I'll be honest. I think in Australia there was like three people. Yes. And yes. I just, I just, I just, you know, as I said, it was like a spiritual thing. It was like I just knew this was how I had to live my life. But imagine me saying to my parents, especially my Chinese dad. Yeah, like hey, pre-social uh, media I era. Be a YouTuber. Right? <laughs> I it. Yeah. So, so like what I did when I made that decision, I'm like, for some reason, like it's an impulsive decision. It makes no viable, realistic sense to do this, mm. but I have to do this. So I got, um, I literally was so broke at the time in London and I got all my money. I went to the travel agent when you used to go to the travel agent back in the day. <laughs> See, I'm old, I told you. And um, I, I'm like, I need to get back to Sydney. How do I get back? I have this amount of money. Dude, I had a, a flight the next day where... I gave it everything I had and I had five pence left in my account. So like done, got the ticket back home and I get home, right? And I'm like 20, 21 at this, at this stage. And my parents and everyone around me is like, he's wanting, he wants to make it in soccer, that's his life. Imagine what they were thinking when I come back and I say, hey guys, 10 years of soccer, like forget about it. I actually instead want to start making dumb videos where I embarrass myself in public and put it online for the whole world to see. Imagine what they were going to say. Yeah. I called my dad and I told him, and my dad has, um, he has a film directing 
uh, background. So he's been in the space for 40 years. Right. The Chinese filmmaker. Wow. He was one of the top 100 directors in China. So he wow. knows back to front. Yeah. So he's like a Bruce Lee era. Yeah. Imagine me calling him. Hey, dad. <laughs> I want to do this in your field, but online where there's no proof this will even work and embarrass myself, make a fool out of myself and probably ruin every single job opportunity I have in the future. Dude, he destroyed me. He went off of me for two hours on the phone. I had to have my phone like three meters away from my ear because he was just destroying me. I'm like, fair enough. He's like, you need to go to uni. I don't want you in this industry. I know what it's like. Don't do it. It's, it's, it's a trap. Yeah. But yeah, sure. I went with the phone. And I thought to myself, all right, that's fair enough. I'm going to go to uni, but I'm still going to make videos. And then when I get somewhere, I'll tell him that I've still been doing it. So I went to uni for like a year and a half. And at this time, I was just pumping out videos. I was still doing it. He had no idea. My mom was weirdly supportive of it. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she could see her son like yeah. in the cinema was like making noises out loud and just people reacting and she was for some <laughs> reason supportive of it. And then it was only until I'd say two years in where I was, I got like half a degree. I went to ACP. I got like half a sports degree um, and I was still doing the videos. And then when I got to about, um, when I had a few thousand followers, I believe, I, I was like, you know what? A few thousand sounds good. Hey dad, I just want to tell you, I've got like a few thousand followers now from what I'm doing. Like, do you support me? I've still been doing it. Do you support me? He's like, there's like a really long silence. He's like, and he's on the phone because he's in China. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in now full time. <laughs> and from that moment, yeah. when I just told him I had like, I think I may have had like 10,000 or something. He was all in as well. Yeah. But see, uh, one thing that I do say that um, uh, I meet a lot of um, young individuals and they say, my parents are not supporting me. They're suggesting me for do, to do something else. First thing I say to them, don't be upset with your parents. Mm. First of all, they want the best for you, right? Then mom and dad will never tell you to do wrong in your life. Two, mom and dad will only tell you what they know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, they, like my mom and dad, they were telling me never go and work for somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, don't do that. Go and get a safe job. Um, uh, you know, get married, have kids, buy a house, you know, why, why do you need something else? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, and, you know, don't take risks, have that safe journey. That's all they knew. Now I'm building a $20 million home. I have every supercar I can dream of. Yeah. Now they're okay after 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it took a very long time, like your dad, a couple of years time for him to say, hey, yeah. you know, and it's understandable, like as you said. It is like, understandable. It. You can't be upset. Doesn't mean you have to listen to them, mm. but take on board and you know be understandable. Don't don't be upset with them. Of course, and I think a key like fundamental as well is like I think it's really important to respect your parents. I think I always like respected them. I never yeah. like lashed out at them, and I get it. Like some parents are very like one-minded thinking, um, but you know I think what I've really learned amongst the years is like. If I want to pursue something like whether it's as far-fetched as uh, buying a car or property or, or business or even social media, like who am I talking to and what advice they're giving me and what 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 like proof do they have that they're giving me good advice? So for example, I was um, I'm looking into property right now and you know I'm 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 trying to find the best way to do it in terms of like. I'm not saying the safest way because I don't want to, I, I, I don't think um, safety is a great thing all the time. You want to take a little bit of a risk and scale hard, right? Like what you've done. And um, so I'm like asking like, you know, what do you think about property? What do you think about this? And I get, you know, I'm talking to people from all walks of life. And so the first people I speak to. Um, are, Can I jump are, in here? Because I've been watching your content and you went into... Um, neighborhoods that had wealthy homes mm. yep. and you literally just started ringing doorbells and asking complete strangers, hey, can I get some uh, real estate advice? Correct. And some people were telling you to go away, which is funny to watch, but other people are like genuinely inviting you into their home, sitting down with you and, and telling you what they did to get into that position. Yeah. Exactly my point. Which takes man. a lot it's of like, courage, man, to like yeah. go out and cold door knock and try to produce content. But, but it takes a lot of courage to do anything. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Right, that's right. Yeah. You know, and this is not his first video. He have done it no. <laughs> thousand times and I'm pretty sure he's been re rejected oh, yeah. by 2000. Oh yeah. You should see me when I try and do TikTok interviews on the street. It's like one in, it's like nine out of 10 people will say no. And then you get that one that will say yes. But like- Which means you have to talk to 300 people correct. to create a content for <laughs> correct, the day. Correct. Yeah. But, but I guess like what I'm, what I'm saying is like, 
the people that you get advice off, make sure they've done what you want to be doing at that level that you want to be doing at doing mm. it at as well. Because if you if if you get advice, and this was what a friend of mine said in the video, he he's he's a guy that he um, bought his first property two years ago. Now he has thirty seven in two years, which is Whoa. really good. Yeah, and he goes, I'm not looking to take advice off the mums and dads with one or two properties that are like 50, 60. I'm looking to get advice off the guys that you know, like yourself, done it big. So that's a really important lesson that I've learned. Like. Be careful who you're taking advice of, including relationships, because if you get advice of you know someone that hasn't had a good relationship, they're going to be giving you potentially flawed advice. Mm. So yeah, I even have a YouTube mentor myself. You know, like it's important to always humble and know that there are people that have done it better than you and always continue. To if you think, if you come to the point where you think you know everything, screwed. Life is over. Yeah. yeah. Have you always had a mentor at all these different phases of your content? I haven't. No, I haven't. Only until recently. I, I think I think you had. You think I had? 100%. And I'll tell you who it is. People keep asking me, Emil, who is your mentor? I said, every person I meet every day mm. is my mentor. Yeah. Because today, you're my mentor. You're my mentor. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because having I'm learning right now. So you, you, I'm learning, which means you're my mentor for the day. Mm. I think the biggest mentor you had is yourself because you were open to learning from every individual you meet. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You know, a lot of people, they think, I know everything. The reality is, I might know, fuck all. Um, so I always say, every person around you is a mentor. Doesn't matter who you, you know. For example, I'm walking out of a hotel in Melbourne and there was a doorman outside. And as soon as I walked out, he was so fucking happy. I spent talking to him for one hour. He was yeah. my mentor. I wanted to be him. Yeah. Like this guy was so nice. He, he's the one that puts it in perspective. Oh my God, there's so many nice people out there. Instead of when, when you meet somebody that hates life or it's not good for you, whatever, you think, oh my God, everybody's like him. This guy, this guy was my mentor for that one hour because I felt so good. I wanted to be a better person yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, I always say that to all of us, doesn't doesn't mean, you know, you don't have a mentor, that everybody is your mentor as long as you open open to learning from every person that you meet yeah of that's ultimately you are your own mentor because you're allowing that to happen that's right you know and yeah. on social media i think the audience is your mentor as well because oh, they will you're be, listening to them you're listening and and i get it like oh don't listen to the haters yeah there's degrees to everything but if a video sucks it sucks <laughs> i'm not gonna argue with that yeah like they're gonna tell you if it's good or not and like the views and engagement will also follow through for a lot of the time and that's a fact that's a fact. If you, if, you, if you create a video and you get four people watching it, buddy, you, suck, yeah. you suck dick for the day. <laughs> that, that's the reality. Yeah, you know what I mean? Pretty much, you yeah. can't bullshit to yourself. That fact yeah. is that. You got work to do. Yeah. Question. Right. Um, so a lot of kids that are 15, 16, 17, and 18 years old, and um, can they make a living out of doing what you do? Yes, but... I say that carefully because they can make a living, but it also depends on the sustainability of it. And what I mean by that is if you only aspire to be a TikTok creator and you don't even have the thought of delving into more long form content, then you're firstly your audience loyalty, but also the lifespan of your career will be shorter. And the reason for that is that when you as a consumer, you have to think about every platform, let's name the big four, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, right? And OnlyFans. And OnlyFans. <laughs> the one I've seen you on before. It's yeah, pretty big. Exactly. It's a Can big you platform. subscribe to my <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're on there? You, you were. <laughs> my it's budget, just videos of him in my Tennessee. Budget, oh, yeah. My, oh, my budget was nine bucks. You were like $39. Yeah. Like I'm five so, I'm I, I, can, I can subscribe to four people instead of you. <laughs> we need to get you to set one up, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I reckon I'll do. I'll they do, do cooking well. stuff on there as well. Yeah. That's weird as. Are they naked cooking or? All kinds of cooking. So interesting question, man. Like when... When you're talking about the longevity of content, right? Because predominantly there's uh, there's trends and there's waves, things come and go. And like you said, you're constantly trying to pivot in those moments. What what could someone do to create longevity as a content creator? So there's a difference between, you would know this, like personal branding and more corporate branding. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I have had this conversation before where I've actually asked you, you for advice on this, um, where it's like personal branding is more tricky because as a human being, we are very multifaceted, which means... I can like, you know, I can have a passion for cooking one day, 
but then I could also be like a, uh, a badminton enthusiast. <laughs> so what do I show online? Which side of myself do I show online? Right. And then how does my brand consistency align with that? And I think you're very good at that because we've had a few conversations um, with on, on this topic. So like, it's like long form and short form. I think you need to be on all of them because the truth is- And when you say long form, you mean like a 20, 30 minute YouTube video? I just mean like TikTok, you could comprise as like 15 to seconds to a minute, you could yeah. say. Uh, it's very short and like immediate. Yeah. yeah, Instagram reels the same. Facebook, which no one really knows about, which I'm here to talk about if you guys want me to, which yeah, for sure. um, I love. Um, From is, what I'm hearing, it's making a bit of a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. still around, it's still around. <clears throat> and that's my biggest platform. And Facebook, you could say to be monetized. Wait, it's your biggest platform? Yeah, Facebook. Wow. It's got 6.7 million followers. Five, five point, 5.7. 5.7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say like even still like like with views and stuff, it's, it's still the most relevant for you? Uh, yes, correct. Wow, okay. 100%. And then YouTube is more, you know, obviously long form. You can get away with like an hour sometimes. Yeah. So the reason I say you need to diversify is because it's, it's the same principle as putting your eggs in, all your eggs in one basket is a risky venture. Because what if like your... Um, let's say for example, uh, you, you own a store and then COVID hits and then your store has gone, your one source of income has gone, mm. like you're dead. I think, and with property, this is the, the greatest thing about property as well is you can diversify and become passive in many aspects. But social media wise, it's that platforms have their relevancy points and then platforms don't. And I think when you're targeting all these platforms and you can repurpose, it's very easy. You don't have to film like four videos for each platform then you're giving yourself so much more opportunity to like firstly reach new people. Secondly, um, uh, you know, have different monetization sources and revenue streams. And then thirdly, like just keep up to the times because I see people that were huge back in my day that haven't updated their brains with what's going on. Um, they think that, oh, you know, I got big on YouTube. I got like 10 million subs back in the day. I know what to do, but you don't, like you got to keep updating. They yourself. haven't maintained their relevancy Correct. in the market. Yeah. And what used to work doesn't work anymore. Mm. So like TikTok's a great example. A YouTube that's not on TikTok, like it's stupid. Or yeah. on YouTube, I'm big enough. Yeah, like definitely. But what if like, like people's attention spans is another reason why mm. YouTube is being taken over to some extent by TikTok because now people can't actually focus for more than like a couple One of seconds. One minute, yeah, it's crazy. You know, mm. like bro, I used to be able to do, back in the day, and we're talking like 2016, 2017, I could literally, imagine you seeing this video right now. It would start. Hey guys, my name's Jamie. I'm just out here in Sydney right now. Um, haha, there's a bird over there. Oh yeah, haha, there's a car. Anyway, um, I'm doing a video today. It's gonna be called like two minutes. I could talk about what I was gonna do and then watch it before even doing it. Now, 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 now don't, even talk, don't even talk. Right if, you saw that, if you saw me doing that, would you keep clicking? Yeah. No, you have to be Mr. Beast and like blow up a Lamborghini or something. In the first two seconds. <laughs> quite, quite often I say that, you know, um, uh, People used to watch a movie and spend two hours. Now people want to watch 2,000 movies in three minutes by scrolling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I had, um, I had my nanny um, and, and she's wonderful. She came over to my house and we have this giant like flat screen TV that has like Foxtel, Netflix, everything on it. And she still opts to sit on her phone for hours on TikTok. Well. I was like, do you want to use the TV? She's like, no, I'm happy on TikTok and just hours on TikTok, yeah. like happy. It's just like, yeah, I guess the way people consume content is changing, man. Like yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. different. But yeah. if you had to start again, today's the first day, mm. just somebody gave you iPhone or any other phone and you want to create content, where would you start? Which platform would you pick or would you hit every platform straight away? Mm. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, it's the same reason why scaling too big too big too quick is also risky because i've done that before <laughs> um so what i would do in very simple forms is i would think to myself all right what are my interests let's say i was interested in property as an example it'd be like hmm, out of these five niches sports cooking property right. entertainment um music what's my primary interest and then you look where's your audience before Correct. you start mm. smart so i'd be like okay it's property okay so is it better if and this goes back to personal branding. Is it better if like, I wanna be all self, self-centered self and think that the audience should care about me so much to the point where I can do whatever I want? No. Like, why would someone care about you? That's what you have to say. Like, mm. why would someone literally care about who you are? Why would they care about what you're doing? You're just some random digit in the universe. Like, there's no reason for all these people to care about your life. Like, as unless, much as unless, unless you give them a reason. Correct. Mm. 
So you have to like, in my opinion, you have to dial down on a niche. I think that's very important. And that's something that I'm currently doing. I haven't done, I mean, I can be better at it, but this is what I see. Say you want to go property, right? Okay, property. So now I'm in property. Okay, I got to like become the property guy. This is my niche now. And um, and I, feel free to jump in here, Dane, because you're a master of this as well. But I would literally like niche down to the point where you're providing so much value and you're thinking of like, what do I want to know about property? What are, what, are, what are questions that I have that I want answered? And you make videos about them if you're an expert. And they do say like you learn as you teach, but you have to have some sort of foundational knowledge mm -hmm. about it. So you choose a niche, you'd, you'd go into one platform, say TikTok, you want to be consistent. So the algorithm favors you early on because the truth is like the platform specifics, the platforms themselves, sorry, want to see that you're driving traffic and you're keeping people on the platforms longer. So property, TikTok, if you can post every day, don't get too emotional about it. Just try things. Make sure you have a very strong three seconds. Make sure you're telling the viewers what you're going to do, what info you're going to provide with them. Mm. On-screen text. So like when they're scrolling, like what's going to captivate them? Okay, how to scale to 100 Airbnbs in one month. Bang, whoa, I want to do that. Okay, who's this guy? So you start always with the promise of what's to come. Correct, but you don't give it straight away. Yeah. Because if you give it too early, then they, won't the watch. Answer, they won't watch. And then your average view duration will go down. TikTok will say, oh, this video, people aren't interested in it. Yeah. And the algorithm, like from your experience, is it looking for that drop off and Always. this uh, like devaluing your video on the platform. But Always. if you can keep someone listening. It's better yeah. having a shorter video with higher average view duration than a longer video with really? lower. Yeah. Because it, it, it signifies to the platform that this, this content, people are just like getting bored. So we're not going to push it to recommend it on YouTube, for example, yeah. or the For You page. So start hook, really important. You want to like know who your audience is. So TikTok, right? Let's go back to consumer habits. So a person that has uh, time to watch TikTok videos versus a person that has time to watch uh, YouTube slash Netflix, right? Two different people. Because if you've got like literally one minute, you'll go on TikTok. Right. If you've got a few hours or an hour, you go on mm -hmm. YouTube. So you're like, okay, I've only got like a few seconds or whatever it is to get this person. Which is the life that we are living now, most Correct. people, because, you know, we don't have Correct. so much spare time, you yeah. know, because if you want to watch a movie or anything on YouTube, like 10, 20 minutes, but TikTok, you can have in you know, a lunch break, you can be in a bathroom, just scroll. That's right. So yeah. quick fire info. So Getting you that immediate dopamine hit wherever immediate. you are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, you just want to like literally just give the viewer what you've said you're going to give them. And mm. the way to bring them to the end is by promising them what they're gonna get at the start. And then you can you can place like a rule of third where it's like hook, one, two, three. The first is like, okay, this is who I am. This is why I, um, uh, I'm, I'm qualified to give this advice. Then you can be like, all right, so here are the three, uh, the, the couple of steps you need to make, but wait till the end because the last step is gonna change the game for you. And then you go through the steps, then you give them the payoff at the end. If the viewer watches a video with no payoff, they're going to feel dissatisfied, mm. you know? So they're, you not going to, to, they're not going to come back and watch again. Correct. Because you've see, lied to them essentially. See, the thing is, um, just listening to you for the last 40 minutes, um, you are treating this like a real business. You, are, you keep adapting, changing, moving, adding, you know, so you, you don't just keep doing the same thing all the time. You take it seriously enough that you're constantly thinking, what is next? Correct. Question for you is now, what's next? In my field? In your field. In my field. Because, so, because obviously, um, you know, seeing social media over the past 10 years, things are changing. Facebook was kind of the only social media platform, you know, 15 years ago, uh, and YouTube, should I say. Then there's Instagram, then there's TikTok, um, where do you think the future of social media is going from your perspective? I think like with the introduction of AI, it's definitely headed towards more... Because AI, if you think about like the reason AI is so powerful is because of its efficiency. And efficiency generally equates to like um, leveraging time. Which is which potentially is going to change our attention span Correct. again. Even shorter. Because even shorter because I feel like, you know, 15 years ago, if I'm in a meeting with somebody, you know, I have 
half an hour to listen to them. But now if I walk into a meeting room, what do you want? Correct. Straight yeah. to the point. Straight to the point. Yeah, keep and, it and we can we can cut this two-hour meeting in four minutes. That's yeah. right. And it's scary to think where we're going to end up with this whole, mm. um, you know, artificial generation. Yeah. To be honest with you, because now we're not going to be able to have like engaging conversations or connect with people on like a real life, humanly basis anymore. But I think to answer your question, I see it becoming like m- even more like ADHD style. I see it becoming more like quick, straight to the point. Mm. We don't have time. But then the negatives and the cons of that is like we're so distracted all the time. Mm that we can't focus on one thing. Mm. And I think that's actually what they want, <laughs> to be honest with yeah. you. I think that's where the world's going. Which, 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 which can affect people in real life as correct. well, in real business as well. Correct, correct. Yeah, I think like like even in business, like just with how much distraction we have, there was a stat and it's like, um, your parents, for example, might've been exposed to 7,000 commercials or ads per day, like cigarette packet, billboard, whatever. Now it's 48,000 uh, to the average human being. And the amount of, times you need to touch base with a client to get their attention is like 38 or 39 touch points now. So like, yeah, I I feel like those that can like drive their attention in the right place seem to have the most success. The ones that get distracted easily are struggling. And it's almost like maybe you've built that muscle in the last 11 years is like really focus on what works and try not to get caught up in the trends and, you know, things that go and come and go. Look, I think, I think like what you have to look at is when you listen to people that have done something good, whether that's like business success or have achieved something in their life that they can be proud of, you want to look for like, you know, trends that everyone keeps saying. Like, how come you get like 10 entrepreneurs in a room that have all made like nine figures? Mm. Like, what's the, the key ingredient that they're all saying? They're all going to be different, but what, what are they all saying? And it's no joke. It's like, I was, it's, it's, it's purely just hard work and consistency mm. and, and, and discipline. Especially like as, as men, I think that it's really important, you know, because I actually used to um, be, be more like emotional. And I think some sort of like, like passion and emotion is important for sure in creativity. But then when you kind of take a step back and you're like, regardless of how I feel today, I just have to get it done. And when you operate from that standpoint, it's just much easier to just not be distracted. But I think you also, you also take things seriously. That's you know what I mean? Well. You know, as much as you saw it as a fun, it didn't fuck around who cares you mm. you took it seriously and i think you were committed enough to make it work and sustain mm. exactly exactly so so when you were i guess you know how you said you got famous you couldn't go anywhere leading up into that point you were just doing it out of passion growing your community at what point did you start to monetize and when did you start to notice that that was happening dude like <laughs> me jackson and Shami can all vouch for this we, bought, we all had like a few million followers on social media, but we were dead broke, dead broke. I remember when the day I hit a million followers on Facebook, which was in 2017, I was, I just came off the back of like a video that got like 45 million views in a wow. week. And back what then- was, What was in the video? It was, it was called touching strangers hands on the train where I'd like go up to you with my camera, <laughs> with my iPhone. Say you're here, right? I just use the mill's hand. Use the mill's hand. <laughs> right, say you're here, yeah. I'm to you. I'd get, I'd just like, you were there, like we'll be facing here, you're probably on your phone. And I just like slightly lift my phone up, selfie mode, so that I'm in the shot, you're in the shot. And I just place my hand there and just look straight into, into space. <laughs> and just the reaction. Bro, the rock comments on my video. What? Yes. He get goes, out of here. And I kid you not, you can, I can give you a screenshot of this. <laughs> it wasn't my video on my platform. It was my video on another platform, like one yes, of those yes. video sharing platforms yeah. called Best Finds. He literally said, um, uh, he goes, I'm an asshole for liking this, but this dude is one of my faves on the gram. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I've made it. You <laughs> need to like put that on the wall, I'm man. I'm still broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how, how did it feel in that time? Cause you know, like being an influencer, having so much attention, it must've been frustrating to be like, how do I monetize this thing? Dude, yeah. it was a nightmare. I'm because because at that time, you, you, the Facebook wasn't paying, like no. YouTube, for example. Yeah. Or, and, and like my YouTube was like pretty dead compared to Facebook. Yes, I think yes. I had at the time, this was uh, I think mid-year 2017. I remember this okay. so vividly. I had like, I don't even know, like in the tens of thousands on YouTube, hardly mm-hmm. a thing because this is also when YouTube started demonetizing everything. Yeah. And Facebook wasn't paying. And yeah. Facebook wasn't you paying. But, but the virality was nuts. Yeah. So I remember I was at the gym at, at night. In, in fact, if you want to get micro, I was at um, Anytime Fitness Gladesville. I remember this so vividly. <laughs> I even have a video. And I'm, I'm refreshing. I'm like, I'm about to hit the big, the big um, one mil. And I hit it, right? And I'm like, like, yay, I guess. Like, I was happy. Wow. And then I remember after the gym, I left. 
and I did this like real inspirational post on Facebook. Like, thank you so much for everyone that's like helped me get here. And I was probably only like one of few that had that, you know, um, seven figure number on socials. In that Australia was a big deal back then. It was, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Like I feel inspired. I'm ready to keep, you know, moving forward. And I drove to the petrol station, right? Cause I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a protein shake. And I go, I go get like the Musashi, you know, the red shred. And oh yeah, yeah, another one. The one. Yeah, the perfect food. after the gym. Correct. Yeah. And I go to the counter. I'm just like, wow, like I full did it. And I put the um the shake on the counter. And he's like, oh, that's four fifty. Thanks. I'm like, yeah, cool. Get out my card, scan it. She's like, wow, I can't believe I hit a mill. All of a sudden, excuse me, so your card declined. I was like, what? What do you mean? She's like, your card declined. I was like, it's four fifty. She's like, yeah, it just didn't go through. I'm like, okay, you want to go to my St George banking app. Look at my account, bro. I've literally got like 50 cents in my bank account to my name. I'm like, sorry, one sec. And then I go to the side. I'm like, mom, can I borrow $4.50? So yeah, sure. Bro, I was broke as I couldn't even afford a protein shake wow. just when I hit a million followers on Facebook, mm. having only been one of maybe 10 in Australia that had seven figures on social media. I was broke, completely broke. And it just put things into perspective. I was like, whoa, like... Reality check. Reality check. Yeah, that's a weird juxtaposition, man. Like you've got all this influence and then you're like, man, I can't, I can't, can't dude, buy a drink. Yeah. Regardless of the, the numbers you see on screen, yeah. my life in real time, in a physical realm, I, I was like, and I'm not saying this to be cocky, I'm just giving you guys like a juxtaposition of mm. how it was. Mm. I was mobbed wherever I went. I'd be circled by people just like, I was full on like at that level. Mm. And at the same time, no one knew. Was this like completely pre, broke. Was this like mm. pre-monetization for influencers? Because that hadn't really been yes. invented yet. There Correct. wasn't the paid sponsorships like we see now. Correct. Yeah, it was a different world. And I had to hide it as well. It was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah of course. Because how, you, how you, how you, you, can't, you can't tell people, hey guys, I, I don't have 50 cents in my bank account. They'd yeah. be like... You can't, you can't. Yeah. How um, did you pivot out of that, man? So it was around this time as well, uh, probably a bit earlier in the year where I um, was still delivering pizzas for a living. So I was driving around. You were the fucking famous pizza delivery guy. <laughs> the most famous in Australia. If you came to my house, and be like, buddy, we're doing a video together now. Yeah. That's, a, that's the best tagline, the most famous uh, that, pizza driver in Australia. I, I, think, I think people would think that he's pranking them, you know, when he's yeah, delivering yeah. the pizza. Like, did you ever get recognized delivering a pizza? I did, yes. Oh, that's and it was so awkward because <laughs> like, I, I sometimes like intentionally wore like a hood and sunnies. Oh. Like- I would just say, that's my twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, yeah, dude, I was working at Cross Pizza in Lane like four nights a week and wow. fifteen dollars an hour plus like uh, three dollars per delivery or something yeah. and, and like a few tips. I was doing that four days a week. I was on Centrelink still. I was um, working a bit at a childcare center as well. So what what ended up happening was around that time, still broke, nothing was monetized. I ended up being asked to do like nightclub appearances in Brisbane, wow, um, man. in Melbourne yeah. and in Sydney, but I was still broke and I was getting paid like maybe like a grand or something, which was actually really good for me. I was like, yeah, oh, cool. And I just remember like going to these events and just seeing like the amount of people that just wanted to meet me. And I was wow. like, this is nuts. Like, I just can't believe this is happening. Like it blew my mind. It was like, it was to a point where I was like, why do these people like even care about me? But like, <laughs> thank you, you know? And I really want to go above and beyond for these people that like I'm meeting. And so I ended up quitting my job. My dad was also giving me a few hundred a month, I remember, just mm-hmm. to get me by. And I go, you know what? I don't know why, I don't know how I'm going to do this but I put myself in the highest risk position that I ever could by quitting everything, quitting my job, quitting uni, quitting pizzas, quitting everything. You just went all in. And I went all in. Wow. And then somehow I just made it work. I started getting a few tiny brand deals. A few because you had, you, had, you had no plan B then. B. That's right. You were all in. There was no yeah. cushion to fall back on. Burn onto. the ships, man. That's Burn right. the yeah. ships and yeah. freaking make your own ship moving forward. And, yeah. then, and it worked, man. And it was a slow progress, but... It paid off. So you started building networks and you started um, doing partnerships and then that just kind of rippled out into more deals? Yeah, it was weird. I always say this. It's like people in Australia that are too afraid to take risks are just like silly because you're never going to be of lack in Australia. Mm. Like human basic necessities of survival is like what? Food, water, shelter, maybe one or two other things. Mm. You're never going to like find a mate that won't give you a t-shirt and some shorts or some shoes. You're never going to find yourself like without food because there are food banks. Mm. And if you get to like the worst case scenario, you got Centrelink. Like there's no risk here. Yeah. Like truly. Like yeah. people can go. We live in a good country. Yeah. We're so yeah. lucky here. So that's why people don't take risks. Uh, sorry. That's why people don't work as hard as they could because it's yeah. too comfortable. So in my case, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not going to die. Because we all think of risk as death. Mm. Like if I mess this up, I'm dead. 
that's how your body responds. You can't mm. tell the difference. But I was like, no, actually, I can move back, back to my mum's place, which I was still living at the time. I've got a few friends that can give me some two-minute noodles. Like, it's, <laughs> it's chill. So, like, just go all in. Mm. See, one thing, um, a lot of people that, that are on social media, there's a lot of positivity out there. There are people that will say, hey, you know what? I love watching your content. But then there's a lot of negativities, what people call haters these days. And if you're young, when you started, you're young, you know, you can get affected. How did you manage not to be affected for, from negativity? I kind of characterize the hate into two different compartments. The first one is hate from people just calling me like a tryhard slash your cringe slash like, like you annoy me. That's one category. But then the other category is like what you did to that person and how you upset them. It was wrong. So when I would get category number one, which is like, oh, you're annoying, you're a tryhard, never cared whatsoever. But I think I always had the morals of like, I never want to do something for my own benefit that will like hurt others. So when I did get those and I tried and I'm, I'm, I'm only human, like I did do a few of those things, unfortunately, because you do get carried away and sucked in sometimes. I would actually feel bad about those things. But what it would do is it would make me like check myself and be like, hold on, like, why am I doing this? You know, I don't have to be doing like, I'll give you an example. There was a trend back in the day called comment trolling where your fans would tell you what to say to strangers on the street and get their reactions. Yeah. Remember that? I've seen your video on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to do heaps of them. Yeah. And often at the time you'll see a comment or like an idea, mm. but you have to ask the people around you like if it's actually a good idea because you think of it as one way and you've got confirmation bias on yourself. So like I would sometimes be like, oh yeah, I can go up to a girl and say this like derogatory line. That's okay because it's funny. And I did it and I saw like the shock and how like mm. the look on their face. Mm. I was like, whoa, that was a bit, bit too far. Then I get a message being like, you ruined my day. Like that was so mm. like- mm. And that didn't make you feel- good. That made me feel very bad. And I deserved it completely. So I learned from that. Mm. So like there's two times of hate. I think that's why I went back to like making sure you're doing this for the right reasons. I don't think anyone should ever do something that will hurt others. Would you recommend to any young individual, again, going back to the start of this conversation, a lot of young kids these days that, that want to make something out of their life. I mean, who wants to be a bricklayer or who, who wants to spend five years learning a trade or going to uni? A lot of young individuals, they want to become influencers, content creators. Would you recommend that to them as a career? If looking back from what you know now? I'm thinking like if my son asks this question. Yeah. I don't have a son, by the way. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> if your son yeah. was... 15, 16, and you know you've been through it all. You've been from one follower to one million mm. followers, views, whatever you want to call it, no money in account, now to over 10 million, mm. doing well in your life, looking back. Any 15 or 20 years old that wants to become an influencer or content creator, would you recommend it as a career? I would say it's hard for me to give a 100% yes, but for the most part, yes. And I say that because of, and this ties back into what you preach, Dan, about branding is like there are different like tree branches that can come off mm. something. So I, th I think the most powerful tool to have in this day and age is like an online presence of some sort because instead of like the traditional resume where someone would print off like a sheet of paper and give you your resume, their resume, Dude, when I'm hiring, I go to their Instagram straight away. Buddy, if you're ever hiring and I apply for the job, you'll never employ me, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. You're going to be like, this, this yeah, motherfucker yeah. is not employable. Full stop. So like, you fire it before you start, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But Then yeah. you're not far off, man. <laughs> You'll be I'm, like, this guy is just... I'm on know, a knife's edge. Yeah. I, I would create a new profile and change my name, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I've been fired for most of my job, so it's... People, people yeah, have to be true. careful, like, yeah. how you perceive online because i just can't be asked like like often like having like a million interviews in person and then seeing like some like written out or printed off resume i don't actually know you as a person mm. so i think personal branding online having something there is really important yes and back to your question i think yes because what are you thinking about it? it yes what can come out of it say for example let's let's look can, at can i make a distinction is there nuances because it depends on what their perception is coming into it? 
hundred percent. Yeah. And that changes like if their perception is I'm going to get a Ferrari, I'm going to be famous, get the girls, all the rest of it. Let's go. It's maybe alternating that. Hey, this is the reality. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this, or, or I heard it recently. Um, in the tough times, man, purely doing something for fame or like money, like often isn't enough of a driver to get you through those tough times. Mm. Having a responsibility, say for example, like there's, um, it's statistically about how, say like married men with kids, for example, mm -hmm. that huge magnitude of responsibility actually propels them to that next level because they have to. Yeah, I can't explain to people how I felt when my daughter was born. There you go. Like the day after I fired someone in my company, I was like, I'm going all in. Exactly. Yeah. And then he was really happy that she took after mom's look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Then like, thanks God. You know, yeah. You're a beautiful baby now. <laughs> yeah, it looks just like a mama. That's a I'm so win. glad. That's a yeah. win. So it's yeah. like... Um, uh, Interesting uh, what you just said there. I'm yeah. just going to stop you for a second because if you only did it for the money, mm. as soon as it gets hard or as soon as there's no money, oh, okay, I quit. Yeah. There's no money, right? It's too shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So having that bigger purpose keep, makes you keep going. That's right, yeah. So I think like really checking yourself, like why am I doing this? Did you, you, know? did you throughout the period call your dad like you did at the beginning? Yeah, so dude, my yeah. dad actually like went from at the start. I like your dad, by the way. I keep watching it now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he, he's, he's got a lot of fun videos um, with, yeah, with his dad, dad at the it. moment. Exactly. He's so funny. Yeah. He's, he's so comedic, which, man. Which is, which is crazy. Yeah. His dad was like, don't do that. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm the star in your videos now. Dude, <laughs> you should My see. favorite videos are with your dad in it. It's, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. it's so funny. Exactly. Yeah. And dude, when I go to like Southeast Asia, it's Do you pay your dad, by the way, or free labor? That's why he's using it. No, no, no. No, no, no. He's so great. Like he went from, as you said, like he went from not supporting me at all to them being like one of the biggest pivotal reasons for my success yeah. in my career um, and like a fan favorite. And I think, yeah, it's just interesting how like people can change, but I understand the parental side of things where it's like, I care about, like I love my kids so much that I don't want them to like risk having a bad life. Like I fully mm -hmm. get it now, you know, but um, I forgot the question, but yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think Emil was like really looking at like, like when you're, when you're giving advice to your son, on the journey they're about to mm -hmm. go on. Cause I think this could apply to so many people. Like I don't know an 18 or 19 year old that doesn't want to be Instagram famous. Yeah, what everybody wants What to. would be your advice to someone who's like staring down the barrel of like, I want to build a personal brand. I want to become known. Like what, what's your advice for that individual? What they could really expect on that journey? Um, first thing they could expect, not as much as back in my day, mm. but they can expect like a lot of their close friends, like talking about uh, about them behind their backs in like a negative light. Mm -hmm. purely out of jealousy I would say most of the time yeah. uh, you could see like a lot of like family members like disprove what you're doing for example I have a lot of family that like won't even talk to me anymore um, and yeah you can just experience like you can just sorry anticipate a bunch of disapproval from people that normally like are approving what you do so that's the first thing you got to be prepared for that mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing is like that's just like ultimately talking about your close circle, but then expanding that out into the public eye where every Tom, Dick and Harry that doesn't know, you can also have their feedback and input, which can affect you. So I think just having something that's gonna keep you grounded. Do you really think important. it's like by being public, people feel that they should give an opinion? Yeah, more so than if you weren't, without but, a doubt. Well, you put yourself out there, so. Yeah. It's your own fault. Like yeah. I, if I ever get like hate feedback, I don't blame the person, I blame, well, this is what I got myself into. And you, you gotta take up that, that responsibility as well. You can't, whenever you blame shift, it's just the worst mentality to have. If I'm poor, if I'm this and that, it's my fault. What am I gonna do to get out of We it? gotta be responsible for our own actions. That's right. What's next for you? What's next? So um, I've definitely done like a pretty like, you know, um, strong pivot into, in fact, the space that you guys are sort of in, um, the more entrepreneur space. Um, you know, helping educate people from successful people like you guys, um, getting advice off people that have done well in certain fields. And I do that because like, it's actually my interest. Like I really wanna level up in all areas. And also um, I feel like the value I'm bringing for the viewers is going tenfold because of it. So my next chapter is basically definitely like maturing my brand from the kind of like, you know, you could say a little bit like childish pranks before um, to more like, cause now I'm 30 as well. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I actually mm. see that as a great thing. Cause now I have more responsibility. Yeah. Um, You're growing. I'm mm. growing. Exactly. Ha yeah. Have you been able to leverage that 
previous brand into the new brand. Like if you, we've talked about this before, yeah, we've hung yeah. out. We talked about how Joe Rogan went from being on a sitcom to being a stand-up comedian to being the host of X Factor. Now he's got the podcast and now mm. he's UFC commentator. Like he's kind of, like he's kind of brought that IP with him on his journey. Same yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you have you brought a lot of that with you into your new endeavors? I would say so. Yeah. Um, not all of them. And, and I, I actually think it's easy for him to change. Yeah. Because your audience is growing with you. Correct. Yeah, they, yeah, do you know growing, what I mean? Yeah, they're growing. The, as the, you're it's, getting it's older, like, getting it's like older. you know, yeah. if, if two of us know each other for ten years, yeah. from age twenty to age thirty, you know, we're growing together. Yeah. So I think your yeah. audience is also changing, growing with you. So I don't think you're losing much of the audience. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I mean, have a lot of them come with you? A lot of them have, yeah. but it's still going to be like a, a bit of a transition as well. Okay. It's going to be some, some not not even sure the percentage because it's still like new what mm. I've been doing um, will come with me, but some won't and that's fine. Um, and then a new audience as well, you know. But I think I had a choice where it was like, not that it's starting again, but it's like, do I want to continue doing all this old stuff, but like not having a passion for it anymore and not enjoying it and not fulfilling myself, but even not sharing as much value as I could. So essentially being stuck in there forever. Um, or can I like, you know, build a bridge, cross that over, do what I know that like I really want to do. And then whoever wants, and try and in terms of branding, like have that middle ground where it's not too off, it's not too non-familiar where it's still familiar, but then do what like I really want to do moving forward. And I think it's better off, let's say on a hypothetical, if 90% of the viewers um, the old viewers didn't follow me and just left me. It's actually better to only have the 10% to come on the journey because if I kept doing the same thing, sex noise at the tennis, pranking my dad till I'm 40, 50, <laughs> these people are going to hate me. So it's like there's literally no- I'd still watch, bro. Positive ROI. Okay, you maybe you <laughs> you're you're you and your dad, bro. That's so good. <laughs> now, yeah, have, so. have you ever thought about OnlyFans? No. <laughs> Two of us have. <laughs> you guys were filming an OnlyFans shoot when I walked in. Oh, right? but yeah. as soon as we started becoming a little popular OnlyFans, yeah. reason why I'm asking, because a lot of influencers, if you want to call them that, female and male, they used their fame, if I can call it, on Instagram or TikTok to obviously explore more, get on the OnlyFans fans and use the followers they already created yeah so i have seen it i haven't seen it physically but yep. you know you can obviously actually see it male and female then never cross your mind no not for me um it's just not like i mean only fans they do cooking as well on there as well you know All so, kinds i don't of know cooking. what kind of cooking <laughs> you guys cooking. are watching there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but nah man for me like i uh i, I can see the people behind yeah. the camera already on you're, the phone so, it, might, yeah. it might be what someone says to his wife oh, they're, they're, searching, they're searching they're in the middle cooking <laughs> <laughs> like what's this receipt or this invoice in your bank statement yeah oh, it's cooking i'm sorry if i've upset people by saying that i do get a lot of requests but like yeah. for me like <laughs> i can't do it yeah i just can't do it i yeah. I, I i don't know like like each to their own, but for me, yeah. um, nah, I would never, I would never do like, I'd never go in on, in that track. So can I, can I prod you with, with the big stuff? Like what is your BHAG, your big hairy ass goal? Like what, what are you striving for in the future? If you could, if you could kind of like just say that, that um, the opportunities were limitless, like where would you like to take yourself? I so think, the moon and back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I think like human potential is limitless, you know? And I think from, um, I, I just really want to like influence people in the right way. Cause I think I've seen mm. both sides of the coin. Mm. I've seen the side of, you know, having all the, um, the worldly things that people look up to, uh, which is, you know, I'm not saying like, I haven't built a hundred million dollar company, that's for sure. But I'm saying like, I've experienced things that I thought would give me um, satisfaction and value and, and fulfillment. Maybe like uh, idolizing the wrong things. Like idolizing the wrong things, yeah. Sex, drugs, alcohol. You I've know. Had a, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff I've done, you know, and moving out of that and realizing that like, hey, like having like, you know, different principles for like parameters which I won't cross actually makes me feel better and more free, even though I, like I used to be able to do whatever I wanted. It's like a juxtaposition. It's like discipline is freedom. Imagine if you woke up every day and you're like, I'm just going to do whatever I f emotionally feel like doing. You're going to like sit on the couch, watch Netflix all day, eat shit food. Yes. You know what I mean? But like discipline is true freedom. So I think having the discipline that I've found 
do that. Like I'm the happiest person ever now. Mm. And I really want to show that to people, especially young men that are getting so caught up in all these like, you know, false, like, as you said, like idols of, 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 of materialism, mm. thinking that that's going to give them nothing the wrong with want. it, but it's not, nothing wrong it's with not it the be all and end all. It's not the be all and yeah. end all. And I think, I think achieving those things, like I still want them. <laughs> but you're but, saying, but so you're saying that you've, you fe- you maybe attached yourself to a higher purpose other than I want to gain followers. I want to get money. You're like, yeah, I want to live a life of purpose. I want to impact others. I want to, right. I want to inspire. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the, the great, like the big houses and like the cars, they, they're going to be like a side effect of you doing what is mm. going to be purposeful as well. Like this guy. Exactly. Like him. Yeah, exactly. I, I must say that, um, I, I enjoy this conversation and, um, I always say my time, on this um, on this earth is limited, including yours and Dane's, and um, I like to use my time very wisely to be around people that are good for me and good for others. And um, an hour that we spend together, um, I'm grateful, and I think um, that you're a good human, and audience will definitely find this um, this um, enjoyable to watch and a lot to learn. So it's been a um, pleasure having you, man, and um, Thank you. great having um, Dane as well, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Champion. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Boom.